0: reach city worship with nothing else matters mm. on victory 91.5 it is corey haynes and ray haynes and we are talking about the second passover which starts tonight if you're like me and you're like what in the world is the second <laughs> passover we're just going back and reading all about it and the fact that it's a second chance we're talking about death as well because. Yes ultimately as a part of this. It
1: really is. It's part of life. You don't get out alive is the old joke. Uh, that's the one thing you can guarantee about this. And So God built Passover and then created a second Passover because the reality is death is part of who we are and it, it, it changes you. It affects you. Uh, I like to call it also uh, the prodigal Passover because when Jesus told a story about the prodigal son or the, the lost son, prodigal is kind of a, an, an odd choice of words there because prodigal is just an excessive about, about being excessive. You can be good in both ways. So, but you have this son who is wants his inheritance the father gives it to him and he journeys off to a far country so you already see there's a journey so that mm-hmm. ought to put a flag and he said is this about second Passover so he wastes all of his money that he was given on prodigal living he spends it all a famine comes in the land what else happens at second Passover they were hungry mm-hmm. and so he gave them quail and manna right so again you've got this little thing going is Jesus telling a story that relates to something else so um he began to be in want and he rises and goes to his father what is the heart of god he wants them just to say it's me this is me i want to care for you i want to take care of you so he's telling a story that actually is a throwback to second passover he comes to his father and says i've sinned against heaven and before you I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And see, they never did get that. Uh, The interesting thing is there's a lot of different references of how uh, we talk about God and who he is, but this journey of the exodus is the first time that God calls us his sons. Mm. But it transitions to us being his bride. It's a beautiful story, but we have the story of this son, and so when he arises and goes to his father he's still the great way off his father had compassion so again you're in second Passover so bring out the best robe put it on him put a ring on his hand sandals on the feet bring the fatted calf let us eat and be merry for my son was dead Mm. so here you go again you're right back at second Passover God says I am going to make a way for you when you're dead when you're journeying when you've run away from me I'm going to make a way because my dead son is now alive again he's lost and he's now found they're wandering in the desert right so you have this beautiful picture in the prodigal son of second passover so it's a shadow or a picture of how god meets his people who are on a journey away from him and who are sons but are now dead to him due to sin so in a practical way second passover was created because death doesn't separate us from god there's been, a, there's been an answer. And death doesn't remove our responsibilities of caring for the dead either. We're all going to have to deal with this, right? Jesus was also, in a really neat way, making a way for those who cared for his own personal body. So let's go to the cross for a second. After all the things of the cross, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took the body of Jesus, and Nicodemus, who at first came to him by night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 100 pounds of all this stuff, and they took the body of Jesus. So already you say something's happened. They've got his body. They've touched it, and they're getting ready for Passover, so Mm -hmm. they're now unclean. So they've already committed themselves that they're now they're now going to miss their most f- important feast of the year they bound him in strips of linen and spices and they buried him. Uh, it was a garden, garden a new tomb. No one had laid there because it was a Jews' preparation day for the tomb was nearby. This is John 19. So if you notice, neither of these guys is mentioned as attending the Last Supper Passover, which is the night before. That's a unique thing for, uh, they still do a fast uh, for different feasts, but this was especially for Galileans. It was called the Last Supper because they have a special fast for the firstborn sons because they died in Egypt, and it was just a very connective thing. So for Galileans, they have the Passover meal early. So we don't hear about uh, either of these guys. They're, of course, in Jerusalem, so they wouldn't have that tradition. So Joseph and Nicodemus, um, they're caring for his body, so that means they cannot eat the Passover meal that's coming up that night. You also have a verse, several verses, says Mary Magdalene was there and the other Mary sitting opposite of the tomb uh, also observed where he was laid and of all the verses neither the women are mentioned as actually touching his body so they could still eat passover that night assuming they hadn't eaten somewhere else the same night as the men the night before but there's really a lot of important lessons that we can glean from how god wants us to deal with death and especially uh they use the reference of dead bodies here but the lord spoke to moses and aaron saying speak to the children of israel that they would bring you a red heifer without ble- blemish. A red heifer, a cow, a very specialized cow because it's a red heifer uh, and there could be no blemishes on it, no white hairs, nothing. There only was... Gosh, I think 10 or 11 in the whole history of Israel. So it's a very miraculous thing. Take it outside the camp, and it shall be slaughtered before him. The priest takes some of his blood, sprinkles some of its blood seven times on the tabernacle. Then he, the heifer shall be burned in his sight. Its hide, its flesh, its blood, and its organs shall all be burned. But here's the interesting part. So that priest who did all that shall be unclean until evening, and the one who burns it shall be unclean until evening. Then they have to get a man who's clean to gather the ashes and store them. They're going to be kept for the, the people for this, and, and mix it with water. It becomes water for purifying from sin. Really, really important, because the person who touches a dead body, Is going to be unclean for seven days until this water cleans them, this Mm. purifying water. So the ashes of this red heifer purify the contaminated and contaminate the pure. Mm. So there is a huge lesson for the church there. I think part of it is that grace is powerful, but grace is dangerous. You read in the letters to the seven churches in Revelation, Jesus warns them about Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, mind who calls herself, teaches and seduces my servants to commit fornication, eat things sacrificed to idols, and, she, and they said, I will give to every one of you according to your works. So he's very focused on what you're doing. Same same book of Revelation, same letters to the churches. Certain men have crept in unnoticed who turn the grace of our God into lewdness, defile the flesh reject authority speak evil of authority these are sensual persons who cause divisions not having the spirit so mind you in all this discussion here there's always uh, mighty men of god and mighty women of god but there's also ministers and pastors and leaders of all sorts of realms who live in secret sin or visible sin and so they teach the sin is okay and they say you don't need to repent because you're covered by grace That is a terrible lie. And I think that's a big part of this red heifer. We need each other, and we need strong fellowship and iron to sharpen iron, but we're also accountable to grow strong in the Lord privately in the secret place, right? And there's the biggest lesson in this. You might have missed it, but where, where was all this done? Outside the camp. When you look at Moses, he took his tent, pitched it outside the camp, and everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle meeting outside the camp. And the Bible says in Hebrews, we have this altar, we serve the tabernacle, but we can't eat from it. Uh, from, from all that the high priest has done only he can do these things therefore let us go forth to him outside the camp bearing his reproach for here we have no continuing city but we're to seek the one to come so when you press into Jesus by yourself you're intentionally saying you know what I'm, I'm going on a journey I'm journeying to him because I believe that's my, my, my eternity and my destiny so mm-hmm. there's a lot of lessons in the red heifer and so that's why one of the reasons the second Passover is so so important
0: This morning, we want to thank North Georgia Replacement Windows for allowing us to minister the way that we do. And North Georgia Replacement Windows, they're the local partner of Infinity from Marvin. They're offering full fiberglass window and door replacements that provide more light and bigger views. And they're online at ngwindows.com. Coming up, we're going to continue the conversation about the second Passover with our general manager. But I also see some great songs coming up from Maddie Mullins and Chris Rinsma. Hi, Pastor Jason from Revolution.